Today's reading is from Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, through chapter 4, verse 6. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. There will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children, and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. This, this is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we invite you to speak to us today from your word. Please give us understanding, give me clarity. Give us open hearts. Amen. This is the, the last sermon in a series from the Old Testament book of Malachi. Malachi was a Hebrew prophet who lived in the 5th century before Christ. And um, basically, God sent Malachi to call the people of Israel to repent um, of their sins. They, they, the people had drifted in their relationship with God. They had wandered into patterns of behavior and attitudes of the heart that were really not um, pleasing to the Lord. And so Malachi was sent to essentially call them back home, to uh, call them to, to leave their sins and come back to God. He, his, his message was one calling them to repent. Apparently, some of the people did. They did repent. I think that's what it means, uh, beginning of verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. What do you think they talked about? The weather? No. It seems, it seems to be saying that uh, they, they discussed together the things they had heard from God through the prophet. They talked about the, the fact that they had drifted from God and he was calling them home. And they, they talked about their, their, their need to, to return to the Lord. And they responded to that message with, with it's called fearing the Lord, which means reverencing his name. And so one scholar commenting on that verse says this, the people responded to God's words with faith and obedience. What's another way to say that? They repented. So here's a question. What did God do when they repented? Answer, he forgave them. Listen, if there's only one thing you get out of my, my talk this morning, it, this is it. I want you to hear this. When we repent, God forgives. Isn't that good news? When we repent, He forgives. 
So I'd, I'd like us just to notice four things that we learn about the forgiveness from God in today's passage. Four things I want you to notice. First, notice this. Notice how quickly God forgives. Um, verse 16 says this. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and... What does it say? Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord put them on six months probation. The Lord said, if you people are going to have to prove to me that you are sincere, you want a chance to work off your debt with me, that's fine, but this is going to take some time. I want to see evidence, real evidence of real change in your lives, and then I'll forgive you. That's not what it says. It says, then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. Now, that phrase, listened and heard, that's redundant, right? I mean, if you, if you listened, of course, you've heard. So what, why does it say that? Well, this is an ancient Hebrew way of saying God paid attention to them. God responded to what was going on in the context. Here's what it means. God forgave them. Just like that. Now, if, if their repentance was genuine, apparently it was, then we know it would have led to change in their life. Real, real repentance always leads to real change. But the, the thing to notice here is that in this passage, the forgiveness happens before the change ever takes place. I mean, all they've done is talk about it. They, never, they didn't even have a chance to change their life, and boom, God has forgiven them. Now, if you've been with us the, the last few weeks, you know that there were a lot of changes that need to happen. For, for example, remember in chapter 1, we read about how they had been desecrating the temple of the Lord, dis, dishonoring God through their kind of lethargic worship habits, bringing diseased and crippled animals to offer them on, on the altar. Listen, before they even had a chance to go back to their farm and find a perfect lamb and bring it to the Lord, before they ever did that, God forgave them. Chapter 2, we read that some of them were dishonoring God in their marriages. Some, some of the men had been making plans to abandon their, their wives, the wives of their youth, and, and to leave her for some other, other woman before they even had a chance to go back home and fix their relationship. Just like that, God forgave them. Last week, Pastor Jeffrey talked about how some of them had been very, very materialistic, holding on to their money, refusing to give to the Lord's work, refusing to share with the poor before they even had a chance to write a check. God forgave them. He just forgives so quickly. This passage reminds me of some words from Isaiah chapter 30. I wonder if this is the word of God for you today. Listen to this. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise to show you compassion. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. God, God gives his grace, gives his mercy. God forgives so quickly. Now, when you hear that, you might think to yourself, if God can forgive that quickly then obviously he doesn't really care that much about sin. I mean, it must, must not be that important if he can forgive just like that. Listen, that would be the wrong conclusion to reach, okay? And here, let me explain why. The Bible tells us throughout, throughout Scripture that the God who created this world is holy. And what that means, he is perfectly righteous. He is, he is unflinchingly just, and he always, always 
always punishes sin. You say, well, wait a minute. If he always punishes sin, why, why, didn't he, why did he not punish the sin, sins of these people here in Malachi? I'll, I'll tell you what. He did punish their sins. 450, 450 years after Malachi was written, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, came into this world and he took upon himself the sins of all those people who would trust God's promises. He carried those sins to the cross and on the cross, you know what? God punished sins. The sins of these people back in Malachi's times. The sins of anyone who trusts Christ today. God, God punished their sins in the person of Jesus. That's why God could forgive them so quickly. That's why they didn't need a, a, a time period to somehow work off their debt with God and pay it. Because Jesus would pay for their debt 450 years later. So God could forgive them so quickly because in a sense God was looking ahead in time to what Jesus can do on the cross. If you're far from God today, he can forgive you like that. Why? Because he's looking back in time to what Jesus did for you on the cross. So um, when you repent of your sin, no, listen, no sin is off limit, whatever it might be, all right? And you come to God trusting in Jesus. In a sense, what God does is he looks back to what his son accomplished in his death, and God says to you, you are forgiven now, right now. I, I don't know about you, that just amazes me. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm driving my car and I make a wrong turn and I head in the wrong direction for three hours, which with me could happen, okay? If I realize I, I've gone the wrong way and I want to get back to where I started, how long is it going to take me to get back? Three hours. It's not that way with God. Maybe you've been heading in the wrong direction for five years, ten years, your whole life, heading the wrong direction. If you turn around today, guess what? You'll be home today. You'll be, God will be right there for you. He just he forgives that quickly. So the th one thing I want you to notice about God's forgiveness, notice how quickly he forgives. Secondly, would you notice... Notice how completely God forgives. Let me ask you, has this, has this ever happened to you? Um, you did something wrong. You hurt somebody you care about. Maybe you said something that was uh, unkind or you broke a promise to them. You feel bad about it. You ask them for forgiveness. You say, I'm really sorry for what I did. And they say to you, I forgive you. And then six months later, they bring the whole thing up again. Ever happened to you? You're like, wait a minute, I thought you forgave me. Why are you talking about that? And, and they said, oh, yeah, I forgot. You forgot that you forgave me? You know, what's, what's going on here? Listen, that doesn't happen with God. When, God. when God forgives us, to use the language of the New Testament, when God justifies us, when he declares you to be righteous because of what Jesus did in your place, God never, ever forgets. This change in your status. He never forgets that you are forgiven. He forgives completely. He forgives permanently, eternally, you could say. Now, how does Malachi express that? Again, look at verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. 
a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. What is this talking about? A scroll of remembrance was written in the presence of God. Well, um, listen, when we really want to remember something, we write it down. If something is permanent, it's recorded on paper. If you uh, become a U.S. citizen, it's recorded on paper. You get married, it's written on paper. It's filed away somewhere. It's a permanent record that this has happened. So, wait a minute. What is this about God writing something down? Well, listen. Um, God is omniscient. He doesn't need to write things down or he might forget. So, this is obviously a metaphor. This uh, This is poetic language to communicate what? To communicate that when God forgave those people, it was forever. It was as if God was saying, listen, you see all these people who are repenting and turning to me? I want you to write down their names, every one of them. Don't leave anyone out. Write down their names. They are forgiven. It's gone. They are acceptable in my eyes. So that's how it is with with God when he forgives us through Christ. It is done. Hebrews chapter 7 says this. Hebrews 7 verse 25 Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. So so the picture is uh, you come to God through Jesus and Jesus always for the rest of eternity, for the rest of eternity, is standing at the right hand of the Father saying, Father, I died for her sins. She's forgiven. Father, I died for his sins. He's forgiven. It's like like Jesus is the scroll of remembrance. He's always there pleading the merits of his shed blood on your behalf. And your sins are gone. I wonder if there's anything in your past that you deeply, deeply regret. I wonder if there's anything in your past that every time you think about it, you feel Just absolute shame. You're so ashamed of that. Listen to me. If you have turned and trusted in Jesus, whatever that was, it's gone. God says you can look for it. You won't find it. From his perspective, it's gone. So how does God forgive? We notice how quickly he forgives. We notice how completely he forgives. Another thing to notice... You notice how joyfully God forgives uh, people. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the show Law and Order. I happen to like that show. Um, But even though, if you watch Law and Order, it's basically the same plot every single episode. All right? Somebody commits a crime, the police investigate, they gather evidence, they make an arrest, they hand the case over to the DA, and the case goes to trial. The only place it might be different is at the end. Okay? And so sometimes on Law and Order, you know the guy is guilty. You know he did it. Everyone knows he's guilty. The jury knows he's guilty. The judge knows he's guilty. His lawyer knows he's guilty. The, everyone knows the guy is guilty. But he, he gets off on a technicality, right? Maybe there was something wrong with the search warrant. And at the end of an episode like that, the judge lifts up her gavel. She smacks it on the bench. She screws up her face. And she says, Mr. Johnson... You are free to go. Now, her lips are saying, you're free. Her face is saying, I really wish I could punish you. Some of you deep down inside 
you think God the Father is that kind of judge. You got off on a technicality. That whole Jesus on the cross thing, you got off. He has to forgive you. He is obligated. But he really wishes he could punish you. Listen, if that's what you're, if that's what you're, God instinct is about God wherever those thoughts are coming from they are not coming from the Lord because God is not like that God delights in forgiving people he he rejoices in the opportunity he forgives not begrudgingly joyfully in fact you ever hear that story Jesus said Jesus said you know what God is like Jesus said God is like a father that when his rebellious runaway son comes back home, instead of spanking the kid, he throws a party. He's like, let's celebrate my son is back, and I get the opportunity to forgive him. Let's celebrate this. Jesus said that's what God is like. Here's the way Malachi said it. Verse 17, on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. Who's he talking about? He's talking about people who had dishonored him, who had sinned against him, and yet who had turned and said, can I come back home? He said, can you come back home? I treasure you. That's what he says to you, to me, when we repent. He he says, I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. So he's saying to Malachi, listen, Through Malachi, he's saying, these people, they've desecrated my temple. They've failed in their marriages. They've been stingy with their money. They've sinned in innumerable ways. But they have repented and sought my mercy. And I am so glad to forgive them. He just treasures them. Jesus said in Luke 15, he said, I tell you, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who, who don't need to repent, right? So God, he, he forgives joyfully, generously. And if today, um, maybe you've, listen, maybe you never in your life have turned from your sin and trusted in Jesus. Would you do that today? Or maybe you, you've been a Christian for years, but you've kind of gone off the rails and you come back today. Heaven will throw a party, right? God will be so joyful to forgive you. So what do we learn about God's forgiveness? We notice how quick it is. We notice how complete it is. We notice how joyful it is. And and one more thing, notice this. Notice how important it is. How important it is to find forgiveness from God. There's a... um, there's a scene in that movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Have you seen that movie? There, there's a scene in that movie where this, there's a musician named Tommy, and he's explaining to his friends that he made a pact with the devil. He says he sold his soul to the devil so the devil would make him the greatest guitar player in the world. And his buddy Delmar says to him, Oh, son, for that you sold your everlasting soul? And Tommy says... Well, I wasn't using it, right? I didn't need my soul. I don't blame Tommy for thinking that way. Because let, let's, let's be honest, this whole concept of having things right between your soul and your creator, isn't that kind of theoretical? 
Man, I can't see my soul. I can't see my creator. It'd be easy to reach a conclusion. Why, would I, why should I even be concerned about this? I have a busy week ahead of me. I've got things to do at work. I've got things to do at school. I've got bills to pay. I've got aspirations and dreams. These things are important. Why, why would I even be concerned about whether or not I had found forgiveness from the eternal God? Well, Malachi says, here's why. Because even though this may not seem pressingly important to you right now, Malachi says the day is coming, the day is coming when the only thing that will matter to you at all, the only thing is whether or not you've been forgiven by the God of heaven. You, it won't matter if you were sick or healthy. It won't matter if you were rich or poor. It won't matter if you were a success or a complete failure. It won't matter if you were loved or forgotten. It won't matter. It, it won't matter if you were married or sick. Well, none of these things will matter. The only thing that will matter is, will you be able to stand before the king of the universe and have him welcome you and, re and accept you? So here's the way Malachi says that. He says, verse 1 of chapter 4, Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Now, there's, there's all kinds of imagery there, right? And uh, you can just kind of picture that whatever he's talking about, this is serious. He says, for those, for those who are unrighteous, who never receive God's mercy and forgiveness, who never return to the Lord at his invitation, he said they're going to be like a field of dried-up hay that's set on fire, and it's burned up, and it's gone. Complete destruction. But... For those who fear God's name and return to him and accept his offer of mercy, he says it's going to be like this. It's going to be like the sun shining on you. We just had three days of rain. How did it feel when you went outside today? It's like, ah, oh, this is healing. Imagine the, sun of, the sunlight of Christ shining on you. There'd just be this tremendous healing for your entire soul. And he says, you will be like well-fed calves running out of the barn and jumping around. And I don't even know what that means. I did not grow up on a farm. But apparently, calves are really happy after they eat and you open the barn door. They jump up and down. Is that right, Anna? It's something like that. You know all about this. So he, he's just, what, this is somehow a picture of unbridled joy in the presence of God. And so I want you to know, you know, Chris talked about running into young people that are not interested in the things of God. It's not just high schoolers who struggle with that. Maybe if you're honest, you're not, not even really interested in this today. Why should I care if God would forgive me and receive me and rejoice over me? What, what would that even matter? Listen, it doesn't matter today, but a day is coming when it will be the only thing of importance at all. You might say, well, when is that day going to happen? I'll tell you, I don't know, but I think it's soon, and here's why I say that. 
Malachi ends with this very mysterious prophecy about Elijah coming to, you know, change people's hearts. And they, when they heard that, they were probably saying, what is this talking about? We know what it's talking about because the New Testament tells us that was a prophecy about John the Baptist getting people ready for Jesus. So when Malachi spoke these words, this, that prophecy was hundreds of years away from its fulfillment. You know what? It's already been fulfilled. In fact, if you read the Old Testament, almost all the prophecies about Messiah, what God will do through, through the Christ, almost all of them are already done. You can check them off. So all the prophecies that the Messiah would be born and come into the world, they're fulfilled. All the prophecies that the Messiah would die as an atoning sacrifice, they are fulfilled. All the prophecies that the Messiah would rise from the dead, they're all fulfilled. All the prophecies that the Messiah would ascend into glory at the Father's right hand, they're all fulfilled. All all of the prophecies in the Old Testament about what God will do through Messiah, they are all fulfilled except one. There's just one left, that he will come again. To, to judge the wicked and to receive his people. So if you think of, um, think of the timeline of redemptive history, if the, if the unfolding of re- redemptive history were a baseball game, it's the bottom of the ninth right now. There are two outs. It's almost over. The day is almost here. Today, however, forgiveness is offered to all. And that is good news. For for those who've never come to Christ, my brothers and sisters, for those of you who know Christ and things are just not right between you and Him, today, if you would turn to Him, He would forgive you so quickly and permanently, and He would delight to do that. And all of this is because of Christ. Amen? So before we come to the table, here's here's what I want to do. I want us to take a moment of quiet. I'm just going to shut up and let you have some quiet with God. And would you take a moment, and if there's anything in your life where you say, God, this is, this has grieved your Holy Spirit. I want this forgiven, and I want to be restored. Would you take a moment to talk with him and to trust that he will do that for you?